Paycor knows HR teams are under pressure to recruit and retain top talent. You need more than HR tech. You need expertise at the core. Meet Paycor. Our technology saves you time. Our expertise helps you make a difference. Paycor.com slash meet Paycor. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. The following is a Sweet Truth Media production. It may not be suitable for all audiences. Sisters, get around. It's time for the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth podcast. My name is Billy Dees, and with me, as always, is the co-host, DJ Sugar Shane. What's going on, man? Doing all right. Sitting here eating this Hartville cherry pie. Good as hell. Hartville cherry pie. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, some good stuff. I got to say, that sounds awesome, man. They, They nail the crust down, I'll tell you that. All right, all right. Hey, I'll tell you what, for those that, uh, you know, maybe checking out the show for the first time, or just to remind everyone, we are normally live twice a week, Monday night and Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is on Spreaker. You can check out the shows anytime on demand on Spreaker and also iTunes. Now, this Thursday, we're not going to have a show. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Um, okay, so no. my, my wife's just to make a long story short, my wife's going out of town, so I'm going to be at home with the kids, and it's just easier when somebody's here if you go doing a show for somebody to watch the kids. So. Oh yeah, sure, I understand yeah. that. Now, now uh, this show is uh, is live, and we're recording, of course, for the future on uh, May 27th. This is Memorial Day. Uh, any? Uh, did you guys do anything for Memorial Day, or we? Uh, I had to work this this morning, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, six to two. Then I came home, took a nap, and uh, we went over to her mom and dad's and had a grill out. I stuffed myself. Oh, that's where this pie yeah. came from. They had a refrigerator full of them: chocolate cream pies, really cherry pie. <laughs> yeah, I, we were at uh, the restaurant the other day, and uh, I, I kind of like. Yeah, I'm sure you like it. That French silk pie. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And we check out one little tiny slice, and this was like the slice that would just barely be on a coffee saucer. Okay, mm. that that thing had seven hundred calories. Yeah, seven hundred, man. I'd enjoy and, all. Uh, seven, I'd enjoy all seven hundred of. Them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'm trying to uh, get in better shape, and I, I've always been um, relatively in pretty good shape my whole life. Uh, when I was real young, I was in real good shape. 
and uh, I kind of miss that. So I've been trying to get back to that. I, you know, I. Well, I, you I, played I, football, you said, so I'm sure you probably were in pretty decent shape. Yeah, there for a while. That was that was real early. I was real young when I did that. But I always was active. I was always, you know, running, walking, uh, doing things with my friends. And uh, for a while, you know, I'd go through spells where I lifted, then didn't lift. I, and uh, genetics has been very kind uh, to me. My grandfather on my mother's side was built like Arnold Schwarzenegger, man. Wow. And uh, genetics has been very kind to me. I've always had good upper body strength. I've always had biceps and all that. I've never, <laughs> never really done yeah. anything. I People got, ask me all the time, do you work? But I, I had a friend like that. He never really done anything. Sit yeah. around and played video games. Well, I don't. I'm not that bad, but yeah, well, yeah. I don't, but, he didn't, but, but he didn't really do any kind of like exercise. I mean, he was athletic, but he was yeah. athletic because he was genetic that way. So yeah, I mean, outside of playing sports, he did nothing, and he had biceps bigger than some wrestlers. And he would, you know, he yeah. played baseball, yeah. played football, did the whole damn nine yards. But yeah, well, anyway, so I'm uh, trying to cut back. I would really like to be. Uh, you know, down around my, my average weight. I have a tendency to go way high and then I go way low. And I'd like to, uh, I'm, I'm six foot. I'm, I'm a very, very strong six foot. I'm maybe like six and a, and a half of an inch. Mm. And, uh, my great, my, my good weight is around 200 pounds. Cause I have a pretty good muscle build and all that. When I get too much higher than that, I start to look kind of thick. And when I start to get up around 220, 230, I'm a little too too much. If I go too far below that, you know, there are times when I get down to like 185, I look too thin. Uh-oh. So, yeah, I don't like looking weak, you know. So right. I'm, I, I kind of like that 200. So I got to lose about 15 pounds. The doctor, the doctor said he'd be happy with 10. He said, you know, not, you're not out of, you know, your uh, your ratio and whatever it is that they do is is not that out of whack. But he'd like to see me about 10 pounds lighter. Well, you're in marketing, and, so you got to be a little intimidating every now and then. <laughs> oh, yeah that's true so, uh, you know that's my worst fear shane um that, that that's my worst fear is 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 getting to that age whenever that's going to be where i don't feel like i can just kick somebody's ass if i have to <laughs> <laughs> um but uh you know that's uh I, i'm being coy but I, you know and uh you know, a lot of people feel that I, I, I sometimes feel bad for, for older people and, uh, that are just so frail when they go out there, they're at the mercy of everybody they meet. Um, and you know, in a perfect world, we wouldn't have to be concerned about that. Right. But, uh, it's not a perfect world. No. And, uh, speaking of a perfect world being Memorial day, um, you know, I, online, I always, these people always crack me up the real meaning of Memorial day. Yeah. And then, you know, they have, they have to divvy up this argument about Memorial day versus veterans day. And then, yeah. Um, well, aren't they both just basically the same? Uh, no, Memorial day is, uh, technically for the lost soldiers, soldiers who have, uh, you know, made the ultimate sacrifice. Oh, okay. Uh, and and generally, people, uh, general, generally, people, people uh, will fold into that. Uh, you know, dead veterans, not necessarily ones that died in combat, but just served and uh, they're gone now. Right. And uh, um, then there's uh, Veterans Day, which is more for people. That's to honor people who are actively serving. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, 
I got to tell you, I have quite a, a few uh, people in my family that have served in the military. Hmm. And um, m- most notably, my, my father and his brother. And w- what I wanted to do today, I, I'm, I'm told that, you know, people's personal stories, people's per- personal journeys are often interesting so I was just going to share that with you and the audience, my experience with my father. And uh, I, the, the, one of the reasons why I want to share this story is to point out that some of the hardships that these soldiers go through doesn't just impact them. It impacts the family. And um, I, I'll give you the cliff notes on my dad. My, my dad, um, l- let me start off by saying he's a good father. I really don't have uh, too many complaints about the way I was treated. Um, he was extremely violent, but he never hit me or my mom. Um, he, he, in, in today's terminology, uh, he suffered, I'm sure, this is me talking, but there's no, sh- there's no doubt in my mind. He had some form of PTSD. And when I start to tell the story here, you're going you're gonna to find out why. Oh. But uh, Dad was, uh, had a hard life. And that's one of the reasons why I've excused a lot of his bad behavior. Um, he he uh, um, had a hard life. His father um, was a bad guy. His father was abusive. And his father pretty much killed his mother when he was um, six or seven years old. And Damn. she was sick. Yeah, she was sick one day. And uh, she was coughing, and uh, he very brutally threw her onto the porch, and uh, she died from exposure that night. And Jesus um, Christ! Yeah, yeah. And he uh, that that was you know that was back in the days when um, you know you could get away with that kind of stuff. And yeah. I say, I say back in the day because I had an older father. Um, my dad was fifty when I was born. And that was in 1965. So he's he's about the age that a lot of people have their grandfathers. And uh, this would have been growing up in Depression era, late 1920s, something like that. So um, he he uh, uh, grew his father, you know, grew up in that era when uh, the protections for women weren't weren't what they are today, and they're not even that great today. Yeah. So, uh, but his father, nonetheless, was a uh, a bad guy. He was involved in in some uh, illegal shenanigans, we'll call it gambling, and so on and so forth. So his mm. dad was in and out of prison for a lot of reasons. Oh. And by the way, by the way, that whole family, extremely violent, extremely violent. Um, I don't have much contact with them. <laughs> dad always kept me uh, shielded from them. Oh wow! Uh, but they're a bad he was bunch. Smart. Yeah, they're a bad bunch. And um, uh, I was threatened by one once. Wow. When, when, my, da- when my dad died, um, one of my cousins c- uh, called me and tried to extort inheritance money out of me. Huh? Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. And. Um, wow, what's I, a piece I, of work here? Yeah. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I, you know, he's. <laughs> I was wondering why in the hell he called. And then, you know, it, what, what kind of a person? I was an 18-year-old boy when my dad died, and I'll get into oh. that more. Uh, and, you know, very fragile. Uh, just lost my dad. Uh, direction was lost. And all of a sudden, I get this call out of the blue. And, and, and uh, somebody tries to extort money out of me, my, one of my own relatives. 
Um, you, you wouldn't be holding out on me and all that kind of crap is what he says to me. And, uh, why would his took, dad, why would your dad leave him anything? He didn't leave nothing. That's what I mean. He, he was, he was trying to extort it out of me. He was, he was trying to get me in a vulnerable place where I would give him money. Oh Lord. He was trying to scare me. And this guy is a bad guy. Okay. Wow. This is a real bad guy. This is a loan shark. Oh, and this yeah, okay, he is, is a bad guy. Yeah, he's a bad dude. He's okay. the one that comes and breaks your knees if you don't pay your damn bills. <laughs> and I took it, you know, um, I, I, it's it's hard for me to, um, be mean. I, I, I it, it, I, I'm good at it because I was very well trained by my dad. Well, that's but a good thing, I, I, though. That it's hard for you to be mean. Yeah, it's uh, but but it's not my default nature. My default nature is to be a nice guy. But you can't be nice to somebody like that. Right. You can't you can't reason with them. And I'm not even I'm not going to repeat what I told him. But l- let me tell you something. It was brutal. <laughs> and that that's the only language they understand. Yeah, that's the you're, only you're right. language they. You can't say, "Oh, look, I'm 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 trying to get over my dad's death, and I don't want any trouble." And that don't mean squat. Mm-mm. Doesn't mean squat. No, they'll just use that against you. Oh yeah, yeah. So anyway, I don't even know why I got into that. It's that's way good. off the track. That's cool. I like that. That was a good side story. I liked it. I didn't know that. Yeah. So anyway, um, he ended up after his uh, m- mother passed away. And after his father went to prison, um, and he was in and out of prison, uh, him and his brother, and I don't know why the state agencies do this, but they um, they separate the, chil- the, the, the brothers and sisters. I have no idea why they do that. Um, so he, he got separated from his brother, and uh, he ended up in this uh, foster care system. Hmm. And uh, he ended up getting beat in the foster care system. So uh, after getting beat in the foster care system, he ran away, and he lived on the streets for a couple of years. He stayed wherever, and you know those boys' clubs and things like that. And uh, he ended up getting taken in by a family, and I'm not even exactly sure. My understanding was it's it was one of the the neighborhoods of of New York. He was taken in by an Italian oh. family, oh. and. Uh, my dad always loved Italian culture because of that family. That that family really saved him. Um, they, they got him, uh, and and my dad at this time, this is how he was making money. He was fighting on the streets. You know those stories about you hear about in the back alleys, oh, people yeah. betting on fight. That's how he made money. Yeah, my he grew up fighting on the streets. He was tough, and, and uh, he uh um. Uh, got taken in by this family, and he he uh, finished high school, and then I believe, largely under the direction of this family, he um, uh, uh, went to engineering school in the evening, and then he worked during the day, and um, he reconnected with his brother, and that was the re- only real family he had. That was worth a damn. Okay, that 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 brother was his uh, world. And uh, then the war broke out, and this was World War II. And because of the fact that my dad was good at engineering, 
He was uh, brought into the Navy as, and, and as a matter of fact, if you Google him, he comes up. Um, he was one of the engineers that when they went to a new piece of land, and he was in the South Pacific, and when they went to a new piece of land, he was one of the guys that engineered the airstrips and everything. Huh. He, the guys that laid it out and, you know, how, how you know, the landscaping and all that and how the runways would be built and all this other stuff. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, he was in a uh, situation where he was highly vulnerable because the stuff that he was doing, uh, these areas that he went into were high value targets. Uh, you know, the, he's building runways, he's building places for ships to come in and give supplies and all that. So these are the areas that are going to get hit. And uh, he was under fire many times. And I don't doubt that he was extremely brave because um, he, he he was something else. I, I, I've never known anybody to have no fear the way that man did. But anyway... Um, he, he served in, in World War II, and unfortunately, this is what did him in. Unfortunately, his brother got killed. Mm. His brother was killed in combat. And, um, Damn, that never, had to be a heavy blow, being that's the only family he had. That was the only family he had, and given that he had a troubled uh, life to begin with, uh, that put him over the edge. There, there's absolutely no question. The few people that I knew that I was able to talk to early in life that knew him prior to that said your dad had a much more um, uh, pleasant outlook, a much more you know uh, ambitious, um, uh, positive way of going through life prior to that. Whoa. After that, uh, it was it, he was different. And I caught that. My dad very seldom showed any emotion around me, except when he talked about his brother. Mm. That, that was, that, those were the times, and his brother, I never met him. But um, his, his, uh, he was killed long before I was born. Right. But um, uh, he, um, that was the few times that he you know, talked about his, when he talked about his brother, he showed emotion. Did your daddy, now, go, to, I, did, did your daddy go to his daddy's funeral? No. I figured he probably did. No. As a matter of fact, that's a story, too. Uh, uh, when when uh, we found out that, and I, this was around the time I was born. So I, I've, I've heard this story secondhand. But uh, when he found out that his dad was dying, uh, he tried to do the right thing because he, my dad was pretty successful by that time. Um, and he, he didn't want people to to find out that he let his dad die on the street because he felt that people wouldn't understand why that was. It didn't matter if he deserved that or not. He didn't want to have that. So um, he he tried to bring him in um, to uh, you know die in a reasonable place. But in the process of doing so, his father tried to steal from him. So that was it. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, and he 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 let him die wherever he died. I'm not sure. He's he's buried in a public grave. I'm not even sure where he's buried. But but I'll I'll say this for my dad. My dad was as straight and narrow as as uh, they come, and and what happened when uh, his father died was he found out that at the time it's probably still that way. Different funeral homes, as part of their public service process, vagrants and things like that for the city, and um, he found out, and they just get paid enough to just barely cover expenses. So my dad found out what funeral home processed his dad's uh, uh, body, and he went to him and said, look, uh, 
Um, this guy that came in, that was my dad, and he gave the brief, you know, told the guy the brief story about how rotten he was. Uh, but he said, I don't want you to have to shoulder that burden. So, um, whatever this, whatever the city or the state or whatever paid you to process that body, um, you let me know what you would normally make on a funeral and I will pay the rest. And he did. And, uh, the owner of that funeral home told him that that was the first time that that had ever happened. Oh, I bet. <laughs> it's the first yeah. The reason I'm telling that story is that's the kind of integrity my dad had. He, he as that's uh, admiral. Yeah, the, he he had this integrity about him. I like that kind of person. Uh, yeah, and uh, but anyway, um, I was born years after after the war and after this happened, and 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 like I said, I I, I the, that's the only time that I that I noticed that. Now my dad, like I said, was extremely violent. He never hit me or my mom. Um. um but he would bust the house up. And um, th- th- there were times when out on the streets he would get into confrontations. And my dad was not a bully. I want to stress that. He would not push people around. But there was a, n- a number of occasions. One time in particular, I remember three motorcycle guys tried to intimidate him. Mm. And my, my mom always told me that when something starts to go down with your dad, just run. That's what she told me. She said, it don't matter where to. We'll find you eventually. Just get the hell out of there. <laughs> so I didn't listen that day. I didn't listen. Uh, I'm not going to tell the details of the story, but it, it was horrible. I I, I, uh, I I never knew anybody that got mad like my dad. I mean, he used to get this red, like as red as blood. His face was just red. And he would get this voice like the, the demon in that, the Amityville horror, that get out. You know, that, that's kind of his voice was like that. And he would almost have this white froth coming out of his mouth. And that son of a bitch looked like he had rabies. Yeah. I'm not kidding. It was terrifying. Um, and I, I don't doubt knowing what I know now, especially working in the industry that I work now. I don't I'm pretty sure that I was traumatized because I had a lot of withdrawnness and a lot of problems making friends and things like that. through school. And I don't doubt that some of those things traumatized me because being in yeah, and these guys these guys these motorcycle guys you know these were big strong adults and i and i knew that these guys i could tell by the their their faces they were terrified of what, what was happening and i was frozen in fear i don't that is that is tremendously frightening when you're seven or eight years old that is knowing I had enough awareness to know that when stuff like that was going down with my own man, somebody could die. I, I knew that. Dang. Um, and it was, um, it, it was a sight to behold. <laughs> so, well, he had anyway. some, and it's, you know, it is, and it's possible because not to try to, you know, say that it's going to, you know, it's necessarily always could happen, but he did have his daddy's genes and we already knew what his dad capable of. I, I, yeah. th- th- his his violence though came from feeling that life had shortchanged him because my dad was not mean he was not a bully oh okay uh, he, he, yeah not a bully you wouldn't want to pin him up against the wall I can tell right, you that. but he right. was not a bully because he could handle himself between growing up on the streets and being in the military he could handle himself um, and uh, not a bully uh, he never hit. Me and my mom. Now, like I said, he came. He came close a few times, and he would bust up the house when he was just mad at life. Okay, 
um, he is somebody. He had bought a, a new car one time, and somebody hit him. And he went into a rage out in the street. The guy that hit him, I actually felt bad for him. The guy that hit him actually locked himself in the car until the police got there. Uh, my dad didn't threaten him, but he was out there kicking the car, yelling and screaming. He came home, and here again, yelling and screaming, throwing over the couch, just I, I, in a rage. There was so much anger in him. Uh, and that, and I'm going somewhere with this. Right. I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. Oh, that's interesting, uh, man. I like hearing people's stories. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like I said, he was he he, he was a good provider. Uh, kept me out of trouble. I, I can tell you this: I was afraid of my dad. And when my dad told me, I you know I could get away with X Y Z, but you ever get involved with drugs, and that's going to be the end of you. My dad meant it. That he didn't say that metaphorically. I mean, there was a line there that I knew I couldn't cross. Wow. And uh, he uh uh. Like I said, was a good father, uh, minus the temper. And, and my mom told him that many times. He'd be the perfect man, because he was. He was on the straight and narrow, very pro-government, very pro. The, he hated the protesters. Um, I, I was very, really, really. Very knowledgeable of the Civil War, too. Yes, he was a Civil War yeah. expert um, and really knowledgeable about history. My dad was very smart. And uh, being that he was an engineer, he had a uh, talent for math, Shane, that you wouldn't believe. He could do sine and co- uh, cosine and tangent and cotangent, all that stuff in his head. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, he, an incredibly smart man. And I always felt that uh, my dad was going to die a violent death. We always thought that sooner or later somebody was going to shoot him or do something. Mm. Okay. And um, or he was going to have just a massive blowout. He was going to just go into a rage one day and he was going to have a massive heart attack or whatever. And that was going to be the end of him. So uh, my senior year in high school, um, he 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 he'd always complained to me. I don't feel right. I'm not losing weight. He was always in good shape. And finally, he started having pain, and he went to a number of doctors. They told him, well, he was eating more than he thought he was, uh, and some other stuff was going on. And, you know, he was just getting sicker and sicker. And finally, my mom, out of desperation, pulled a uh, doctor out of the phone book. And uh, he said, uh, uh, this new doctor said, uh, you know, upon examining him, well, I'm putting you in the hospital right now. And this new doctor, who, who's still my doctor, by the way, um, this new doctor, and he was very young, fresh out of medical school at the time. Uh, he had told my mom in the lobby, your husband is a very sick man. And um, we didn't really know what that meant. I mean, obviously, it wasn't good news, but we had no idea that it was as dire as it was. Because when he got into the hospital, about a, uh, within a day, they told him he had about two weeks to live. Mm. And he lived nine of nine days. He lived nine days, and um, he had cancer of the pancreas. Oh, that's one of the worst. Yeah, and and it's one of those situations. As was in his case, by the time they properly diagnosed it and figured out what it was, it was already too late. By the time you start having symptoms with that, now that's gotten a lot better since my dad died. There's actually been some progress made, but it's still a, a pretty bad disease. It progresses so, pretty uh, fast too, from what I hear. 
Yeah. Uh, well, like I said, by the by the time you have symptoms, it's already advanced. Oh, now, that's okay. the thing about it. It's very hard to diagnose in the early stages, and you don't have very few symptoms. Oh. He might have had it for two years. Who knows? Mm. Prior to this, I mean, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Right. So anyway, um, that this was around Memorial Day, and this is why there's going to be. I'm coming full circle here with Memorial Day. There's a couple of reasons why Memorial Day is significant for me. Um, <clears throat> he died on May 29th, and that year, the way that Memorial Day fell, okay, um, my uh, commencement, I believe, was on that Tuesday. And the way it turned out, he died over the weekend. Um, we had the body processed on all that over the holiday weekend. And the way it turned out, I went, and my dad would always joke because I, I was born late in life for him. He'd always say, uh, I'm never going to live to see you graduate. That was that was the joke. Well, as it turned out, I went to my dad's funeral in the morning, and I went to my commencement that same night. Wow. So, um, uh, and it, that was a really strange thing for me to go through. That was, because That was a hard speech to give. I, yeah, it, it, it and uh, when he was dying, I went to uh, I put on the cap and gown and I went to the to the hospital so he could see me in the cap and gown. And um, he, like I said, he didn't live that long to for me to graduate. But um, it, it was weird because my dad was always indestructible. I mean, nothing could bring him down. And uh, the idea that he went that quickly. And the way that he did, where he just kind of deteriorated, was not what I ever expected. Not what I ever expected. Hmm. But anyway, getting back to Memorial Day. So he died over Memorial Day weekend. So that alone makes Memorial Day kind of a, you know, a significant thing. But the reason I went through this whole story is that with all of the hardship that his service caused with his traumatic experiences in combat. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not going through all those stories, but he had some pretty bad ones. And with the death of his, um, his brother, now his brother was in the standard infantry. And uh, his brother was, to add insult to injury, was shot by a sniper after the battle was already won and decided. Uh. So that made it even worse. So w what I'm getting at here is my dad was very much his own man right to the very beginning. Now, now there's a lot of times that you, you can say you're tough and, and, and you can talk up certain things about facing death and uh, things of that nature. But I'll tell you, when you're on your deathbed and you're told you have days or hours to live and a priest comes in and you refuse last rites, that's the real deal. Mm. My dad went out his own man. Right to the very end. Hey. <laughs> now, I'm I'm saying I, I'm telling you all this for a reason, because with all the sacrifice that the military service he, he that he gave, and with all of the PTSD that it caused, and the the hardship that I had to endure with some of his very odd behavior, uh, unpredictability. 
You know, if I'd get into trouble at school and you'd figure dad's going to be really mad, he wouldn't say a word. But on the other hand, you're at the dinner table, you drop a fork on the floor, he'd go into a rage. And, and that was that's typical PTSD. Totally unpredictable. You never knew what was going to set him off. Right. And uh, um, with all of that, what was important to him at the very end, Shane, was this. He, he said to my mom, make sure on Memorial Day that I get a flag on my grave. Hmm. that is how much that service meant to him. Despite all of the things that it caused, despite all of the sacrifice that he gave, what was most important to him, more so than a priest at the very end, was getting that flag on Memorial Day. Wow. So every uh, Memorial Day weekend... I make my way over to the cemetery, and I'm not one for visiting graves. I hate cemeteries. There's, in my opinion, I don't like them either. You know, there's nothing there really. But it, it, it. My mom was always, you know, she just died last year, so my mom was always, uh, you know, it's very important because I promised your dad. So I would always take my mom to the cemetery on Memorial Day. This is the first year that uh, she's not with us either, so. So I went over there, excuse me, I went over there and uh, by myself, my, and I say by myself, my parents are gone. My wife did come with me, you know, it's emotional support. Um, I really wasn't heartbroken or anything, but um, nonetheless, it was the first time I checked for the flag without my mom. And uh, the flag was there. And I know that that was important to him. So he, he, he got the flag on Memorial Day. Hmm. And the reason that I'm going through all this is don't underestimate for these veterans. Don't underestimate the power of that flag and their service. Yeah. Be- because it was more important to my dad than anything else on his deathbed. And um, my-, my dad was always pro-government. He was always, you know, uh, pro the military. Uh, the, I mean, he didn't agree with all the presidents and all the different policies and stuff. But right. when it- when it came to the service guys, um, he was always on their side. And um, uh, don't. Uh, and the other thing I would say is this too: um, I'd probably split front with my dad on this. Um, I'm not sure. One of my regrets is, and there's nothing I can do about it, that I never got a chance to talk to my dad as an adult. Um, you know, I was right. not even. I hate school the last time I had any type of a conversation with him. So, uh, I mean, I was a young adult, I guess you could say, but it's not the same as somebody who's lived in the world for a while. No. You know, and uh, I never got a chance to uh, uh, talk to uh, my, uh, my dad on his, uh, on his own terms, I guess on my own terms. But um, uh, when you hear about sending the military in, when you hear people talk very casually about, well, let's just go over there and kick their ass you know, there's there's what happened to my dad. Th- that's that's in the making at that moment. That's the type of sacrifice that has to be done for all this high talk about going around the world and kicking people's ass. Right. Okay. And um, just be very conscious that there are American men and women who's and and their families. Who are impacted by these sacrifices? Yeah, I've heard wise asses make comments like, 
when I say something about, you know, people dying for their country, and like, well, I didn't ask them to go over there. No, you might not have asked them to go over there. But the fact of the matter is, they died that you have the right to do what you want to do. If you want to wipe your ass with a flag, you can do it because they died to you that you can do it. Absolutely. And and, and here again, I that that is covered under free speech, like, like it or not. But but I will say this. I, I don't know, especially when it comes to the World War II generation. I, I don't think people realize, and I'll spare you a history lesson. Um, but there was a few t- there was a few moments of fate during World War II, and not the least of which had had, had Hitler j- been just a little bit more sane, just a little bit more sane, and actually listened to his military advisors, the world map might be drawn differently today. Oh yeah, and that's why people say and, well, and, they'll say they don't and, like war, and I don't like war. But yeah. the fact of the matter is, a lot of times there is a bad guy. And like you said, if Hitler would have won, it would have been a whole different yeah. ballgame. Or or if he'd have been successful enough to just, let's say, take over most of the world. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, the United States would be the sole protector of whatever was left. Right. And um, the, uh, the uh, you know, when I hear people obsessed with their right to do whatever, spit on the sidewalk or whatever it is that that, that they're concerned about, you you know how 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 drastically different the world would be if things had just gone on a, a, just a few different ways during World War Two. Um, and there's been other times too, uh, you know, in since World War Two, we've had uh, you know missile crises, we've had other things, uh, and and the United States has always been lucky for the most part that we've had the right people in the right place at the right time i I could go down a whole list here as bad as 9-11 was i could go down a whole list here um in terms of things that haven't happened to the united states Uh, did you know anybody that lives in the united states that lives within 500 miles of what was an active battlefield within the last hundred years no No. do you know anybody that worries about their kids stepping on a landmine on their way to school no. Nope. Uh, do you ever worry about somebody who calls the president an asshole and they come home from work and their families? <laughs> nope. Okay. Nope. No. Uh, we we could go on down this list. I, do you know anybody in the United States that lives uh, within 500 miles of what was once a concentration camp within the last hundred years? No. Nope. Oh, and you know I could go a whole I could go down a whole list of these things, whole list of them. We could make ten or twenty of them. And in almost every other country of the world, certainly throughout Europe, certainly throughout Asia, certainly throughout Africa, almost every question, almost every other question would be yes to one of those. And in the United States, it's no to all. And we have become spoiled. We have become spoiled in terms of the sacrifices that other people have gone through and throughout the world. The things that have been taken from them, whole generations of people wiped out, uh, you know, the the Holocaust is one. And people don't realize Russia, Russia was more impacted by deaths than any other country during World War II. That invasion by Germany cost Russia an entire generation of people. Wow. And uh, and for the most part, the United States have, has never had to deal with air raids We've never had to deal with any of that stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, we're the, b- very, the biggest very... scare we really had anything related to that was probably the Cuban crisis with uh, Kennedy. Yeah, that, that was certainly, yeah, absolutely. 
And actually, during the 1980s, I'll spare you these stories now for time's sake, but there was a couple times uh, we came to the brink with Russia during the 1980s. Not as bad as uh, with the Cuban Missile Crisis, but Reagan made the Russians nervous, and there was some heightened tensions a, a number of times throughout the 1980s. I don't believe it came close to nuclear war, but it wasn't a good time. Right. And... Um, you know, we've come to we, we've we've managed to get through those situations pretty well, and we're we're very lucky for one, and we're also very lucky that we had people like my father, like his brother, and countless other people who hit those beaches at Normandy, and that's why I don't like the Confederate flag. By the way, it was because those men died under the American flag. Yeah. Okay, and I, if you want to fly the Confederate flag on your own property, that's fine. But I don't want it on state uh, governmental places because that those people weren't weren't carrying the, the Confederate flag into Normandy, into those no, beaches. You're right. Okay, and <clears throat> but anyway, to make a long story short, the, my dad's passion for this country and all that is what meant the most to him at the very end. And and the camaraderie that he had with his fellow soldiers, I know, was very important to him. Um, and his war experiences, as bad as they were, they he as they were, they uh, those experiences with those men that he fought with uh, were near and dear to him. And that, to me, when when I consider Memorial Day, it's not only the anniversary of my dad's death, but it's the time that he wanted his flag on the grave. Yeah. And um, so that's why Memorial Day means a lot to me. And, of course, this year my mom's laying out there, too. Right. So uh, I was really impressed with – impressed and kind of saddened by the fact that the grave where my mom was is completely grown over. Now, you can't even tell that it was dug. And it's like the earth takes you back, yeah. takes you back that quickly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because the last time I saw it last year, it was you know there was a you know a rectangle there and it was dirt and all this, and uh, it's it's like it, it it's like she was buried thirty years ago. Yeah. There's no evidence there was a grave there. Yeah. Uh, and the earth took her back. Right. And uh, um, all I can tell you is is that uh, Memorial Day for that reason. I know what it meant to my dad. I know the sacrifices that. He made because I lived it with him. I lived the aftermath with him. I saw the pain that it inflicted on that man. Mm. And um, through all of that, he still wanted the flag. He still was most honored by his service at the very end. And that's what I'm going to leave you with today. That's that's my story. That was good, man. That was a good show. I liked that. It actually brought my mind to something. Uh, I, I thought of something as you was talking earlier. I found out one thing that atheists and religious people can agree on. When it comes to cemeteries, there ain't nobody out there. <laughs> there ain't nobody out there. There ain't. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, both of them don't think anybody's in the graves. So, I mean, or, you know, one rots, the other one's gold, or whatever the case may be with the body yeah. rots. So, so that's, just, that's something they can't agree on. There ain't nobody in the cemetery. But, yeah, that was, was, that was a great story as uh I actually sent that to Matt because I know he likes listening to stories and stuff, so I sent it to him to make sure he gives it a listen. Oh, great. great. Yeah. yeah, I liked it. It was good. I like it. Okay, now you – we're, we're going to be off on Thursday. Tomorrow night, though, you have Sugar and Company. Yes. Anything going on special there? 
All I'll tell you is uh, we do have, a, I'm going to have a new medication on the market that we're going to do a little spot for. And, uh, oh, really? Okay. I, yeah, I actually wrote it up today. And then um, I had one other story. Oh, and I uh, got a story about a wife that beats her wife. And we'll have the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I I know about that, so I'm going to be oh, interested in that too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I've got that as our. Uh, that's going to probably going to be our sole story of the, or, or not our our st- title of the story, show. So. Yeah. But uh, that's about it. I know, uh, as far as I know, everybody's going to be here. We're going to have Eagle Scout and uh, Jack said he would be here. So. Okay, very good. Hey, listen, I want to thank everyone for uh, listening to our uh, podcast tonight, listening to my story. Uh, Like I said, as far as the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth goes, uh, that's going to do it for this week. We will be back next Monday. Shane, you're going to be cool. Yeah, yeah, we'll be back Monday. She she flies in Sunday, so we'll be good. We'll be back with our normal format, uh, some different subjects and things to talk about. Uh, Maybe Jack Casey will be back with us as well. Uh, for this week, though, I want to thank uh, all of you for listening. I want, On behalf of Sugar Shane, I want to say thank you as well. And have a great Memorial Day week. Um, I hope you enjoyed your Monday, had some good times, but also remember uh, the fine folks that uh, gave everything to make sure that we have a, a nice day like Memorial Day. Amen. Have a good one. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Thank you. Wake up. Babe. Oh, oh no, the room's on fire. Woo! Woo! Oh, it's uh, an alien invasion. Pew, pew! I guess I'll just eat this egg McMuffin. Huh? Is there another one? Or... Wake up breakfast at McDonald's. Mix and match two classics for five bucks. Choose from an egg McMuffin or a sausage McMuffin with egg. Each made with real butter and a freshly cracked egg. Price and participation may vary. Can it be combined with any other offer? Combo meal. Limited time offer. Single item at regular price. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.